It's time for Fed Talk, the live show for Feds in the Know. From federal agencies to Capitol Hill, the attorneys of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth bring in experts from across the federal community to bring you inside the issues. Fed Talk is meant to provide general information about legal issues. However, the views expressed in this program are not intended to provide legal counseling. Listeners are cautioned not to rely upon any statements made in resolving legal issues they may face, but instead to consult with their own attorney about specific situations. Attorneys are not engaged in providing legal services while appearing on the program and are not responsible in any manner for the consequences that may stem directly or indirectly from reliance on any statement made during this program. Good morning and welcome to Fed Talk. I'm your host, Jason Breifel. This morning, I'm joined in the studio by Jason Townsend, NASA's Deputy Manager for Social Media, uh, Danielle Brigida, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service National Social Media Manager, and on the phone, Justin Herman with the Federal uh, Social Gov Lead uh, with the General Services Administration. Uh, this morning, we're all going to be talking about uh, how agencies uh, use uh, multi-channel communications, whether they be uh, social platforms or, or otherwise, to communicate and engage with the public in, uh, in evolving ways. Uh, before we dive into our conversation, I'd love to uh, remind our viewers that uh, Fed Talk is brought to you by Long-Term Care Partners. Long-Term Care administers the Office of Personnel Management-sponsored federal long-term care insurance program. Uh, thank you all for being with us this morning. Um, but Well, why don't we, before we dive into the conversation, I think it'll be uh, helpful for our guests to just uh, hear a little bit about uh, each of you, your, your backgrounds and your roles and, and, and how you fit into uh, the communications apparatus at your uh, organization. And uh, uh, let's start uh, with uh, Justin on the phone. Thanks for uh, joining us. No, thank you very much for having me. And uh, greetings from the University of New Hampshire campus, uh, where I'm calling from today. Well, well, thanks for joining us. Uh, well, I know that you have uh, uh, both a government-wide role as well as a role um, um, over at GSA. Could you give us a little bit of information about that that can help uh, help us understand uh, the perspective that you're bringing to this conversation? Yeah, so so what I do essentially on a day-to-day basis, um, which many of my colleagues at, at GSA also do uh, for other fields, whether it's mobile development, um, open data, et cetera, is so I organize a community of, it's now about at 1,100 managers. Uh, just a couple of years ago, it was at 100. So we're rapidly growing. And what it is, is we believe that by connecting agencies and the federal managers who are working on these digital engagement programs, that we can then analyze trends on what are the needs, what are the opportunities across different public services, and then collaboratively build programs in order to address those needs, whether it's toolkits, resources, terms of service agreements. Um, so like I said, again, the social gov community, when we talk about it, it's 1,100 managers at virtually all agencies dedicated to help modernizing services, not just how government works together with citizens, but also how they can collaborate across agencies or perform within their own organization. Thanks, Justin. And, and we're definitely going to get to some of those um, tools and tips and tricks that, that your office helps uh, agencies and works with agencies at uh, later on in the program, because I think that that's uh, an interesting dynamic. Uh, before the show, we were talking about uh, agencies are coming to uh, this realm at, uh, at different uh, points in time. Some have, have been involved uh, very early on, like NASA, and others have, have come to it later. So there's a, a different learning curve for different organizations, and, and this community sounds like a great way to help um, bring everybody uh, up to speed and give uh, folks uh, resources and assistance uh, where they might need it. 
No, exactly. And on a good day, if agencies can learn better from the, you know, the rock star agencies like NASA, um, then that's something that not only benefits those agencies, but the citizens who rely on their services. Well, and, and, and mentioning uh, NASA, why don't we hear from uh, Jason Townsend? He's the deputy social media manager at NASA, and, and uh, you have uh, a, a, over 500 accounts that, that your organization runs, uh, and uh, you, you help uh, manage them all with, uh, with your team of colleagues. Uh, thanks for joining us, and, and welcome to the show. Indeed. Happy to be here. Uh, well, why don't you, uh, you know, give us a, a little picture of, uh, of kind of what your role looks like as the, uh, the deputy social media manager over at NASA? Well, no two days are ever alike uh, for us in this role. And so, uh, you know, we do a lot of different things, everything from actually sitting down and crafting messages and putting them out onto the social media platforms that are out there to looking at strategy and advising leadership on, you know, what's trending right now in social media and, you know, where are things going as far as the right tools and the right resources to be uh, using and putting towards uh, some of this. Uh, it's also, you know, really varies uh, as far as uh, you know, the content that we're getting in every day. Some days, you know, we're talking about things that are happening across the universe and other days we're talking about things that are right here at home on our home planet. And uh, it, it really um, allows for a really dynamic look uh, that's really compelling at, you know, all the stuff that's happening out there in space. It's a it's a big place and we're out there exploring all of it. That's great. Well, and, and focusing uh, more here on uh, terra firma, uh, Danielle <laughs> and uh, F Fish and Wildlife Service, um, you're also the national social media manager there. Uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your role and, and how uh, Fish and Wildlife, uh, similarly with so many accounts and so, such a big footprint ac across the country, uh, engages in this realm? Sure, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so as national social media manager for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, um, no day is <laughs> is alike. I, I would say that we we try our best, and we've been on social media for about two thousand or since about two thousand ten, and it's it's amazing to see just the creativity we can use on social media, and and also um, really kind of explore science and and wildlife with people. Um, our agency is actually we have we're within the Department of the Interior, but we have. Um, Part of our mission is to talk about partners and and work with partners to conserve um, fish and wildlife, and and so one of the things that we're constantly doing is meeting new people online, talking to them, and and trying to engage with them in meaningful ways. So, social media was a natural place to go, and um, I'm still fairly new with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, but I'm always impressed by um, the people who work on social media. We have over 300 accounts on Facebook alone, um, and we have Twitter and Instagram, but it's just a constant learning. And I, I would say that one of the things that's tricky for, for all of us is, is making sure that we are, um, you know, listening to people and paying attention to what their needs are too. And so that's kind of the neat thing about social is we can use it to engage and learn what content we need and also, um, you know, where we can go next with our public engagement. And I, and I think that's a, a really interesting point you make and, and as the government uh, tries to recalibrate its its focus and, and being more sensitive to, to what the citizens and, and the customers and other stakeholders are, are interested in. And, and if, you're, if you're not giving that, them, them that kind of information, they, there's an opportunity now for that to be, uh, uh, come to the awareness of your, your agencies, and then you can act on that and put out new products, posts, blogs, uh, other resources for, for folks to, to give them the information they want to better understand uh, your missions and, and the work that your organizations all uh, accomplish. Definitely. And I, I, one of the things that I try and focus on is the wildlife piece of our work and, and the service piece. 
So just paying attention to kind of those two aspects and and how we can talk to people and, and you know better explain what we're doing and how we're doing it and um, and so it's it's a u- unique place and it's it's great to be on social media. I'm I'm pretty passionate about social media and wildlife and so the fact that I get to do this job every day is pretty pretty amazing. Well, I see you, I see you smiling. <laughs> so you you must be having fun uh, uh, doing it. Uh, well, I think this is a, a good opportunity for us to, to take our, our first break. And, and when we come back, we'll kind of talk about how uh, the changing uh, media landscape and, and, and the way that the public uh, and, and others get their information, uh, how that's been evolving and how that um, plays into uh, the growing importance of social media and multi-channel communication writ large and, and how um, federal agencies are, are uh, engaging with folks out there. We'll be back after our first break. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Today we're featuring a discussion about agency use of digital communication tools, and we've got experts from NASA, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, uh, and the General Services Administration on hand to, to talk about how uh, not only their organizations are, are, are uh, working in this space, but, but also how the government writ large is uh, approaching this issue. Um, uh, I'd like to, to move uh, into an area of conversation that we, we, we started getting into before the break on uh, kind of the, the changing media landscape and, and the, uh, the evolving nature and how uh, agencies are uh, communicating and engaging with uh, the public and, and other stakeholders and, and how this digital piece plays a, a big role in that transformation and, and is, um, you know, helping drive inside organizations uh, some kind of uh, – culture and perspective change in, in how uh, uh, folks are engaging with, uh, w- with the outside and other stakeholders. And uh, you know, Justin, I'd be interested to hear your, your perspective uh, as the lead uh, for the, the social gov community on, on how you s- have seen this trend over time. been working on this for you know, in this role for about three years is how the the dialogue is shifted and how it's evolved um, and it's done so extremely quickly um, not just of what the capabilities are um, but also what is the public expectation of how we're going to be handling those capabilities uh, I remember a time not too long ago where the the big cu- conversation was should government agencies follow people back on social media because people are like get a little bit creeped out if all of a sudden a government agency is, is following them on Twitter. But then all of a sudden, now that people become more comfortable and uh, you see so many more agencies, like the largest growth that's going on in social media and government right now, if you talk to many of the businesses that service, um, is customer service, is that not only do people want to engage, but people want to have meaningful interactions, things that, ways they can get business done, whether it's finding out about tax information. Uh, one of the 
the real sterling examples that we have in government is federal student aid. Um, they have fantastic Ask FAFSA office hours, which have really become a model for what many other agencies are doing in customer service, because their constituents, the people that they want to reach and make sure have better access to their services, are digital natives, people who not only are comfortable with the technology, they have the expectation that that technology will be there and that somebody is going to answer them when they're trying to get information about student loans, education, and things like that. Um, and it, like, take back to the example of people not wanting to be followed uh, by government agencies at all just a few years ago. And then you see, because increasingly, as it often gets discussed on federal news radio, is that cybersecurity and issues like that are, are, are very uh, grave importance right now. Um, and then people ask, like, if there's a certain security breach or something, that why wasn't the government, let's say, tracking and monitoring what people were saying more online um, in order to prevent these things? So what we have is a combination of both incredibly quickly evolving capabilities in government social media, but also balanced with very much so evolving expectations of how citizens want us to apply those. Um, and so that's where we see some real interest going on between different agencies is how individually they're addressing that balance. And it is a balance uh, because there's a lot of things that the private sector may do that it just might not be appropriate or necessary for government to do that. Um, but then again, there's ways in which, especially, for instance, accessibility um, is something that is of a critical importance to public services, because oftentimes the very people we need to make sure have access to public services are ones, whether it's the aging population, visual, hearing impaired, people who have the least amount of access to modernized technologies. And so that's something where the government, in fact, has to take a lead role in working on those issues. Um, and like I said, so it, it's very interesting and I'm sure, you know, Jason and Danielle can speak on that, of how do you bridge that gap between what you have access to and what's the, what's the appropriate role that, that, that the public wants you to play as a public service? I think one of the, the big things that you bring up is that we constantly have to look at it. You know, we can't get complacent in how we talk to people and how we use social tools and how we, um, you know, protect ourselves and, and, and others. Um, I think that that's one thing that I'm trying, you know, constantly to figure out is how do we, like, assess the technology that's out there? And, and certainly your community helps a ton, but how do we assess the technology out there and, and how can we use it to... Um, you know, do what our jobs are intending for us to do, um, whether it's communicate about certain policies or um, or just talk to the, the people how they want to be talked to. So I think there's something that you brought up there, which is we're, we're constantly shifting. And, um, and certainly for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, one of the things that I'm trying to do, um, one, make, you know, wildlife accessible, both the laws that, that touch wildlife in our country, but also um, just everyday things. And, and one of the ways that we try to be relevant with that, you know, so that we're not just like, do not handle birds, do not, you know, eat bird eggs, but like um, <laughs> from wild birds. But we also will look at what is popular in the media. And, you know, there's a there's an article in Fast Company that talks about how we're in the age of micro singularity. And I think it's really interesting where people kind of obsess over one news item. Um, and so whenever that happens around wildlife, one of the things that we try and do is just bring in, you know, bring it back, add more context to that story, whether it's, 
you know, if a bobcat catches a shark, how do we um, explain the species of shark and why that would happen and give people more context if they want it? And again, um, we're still f feeling stuff out, but I'm I'm trying to look at how are people using the technology and what are the opportunities to do it in a way that's legal and appropriate for government. And yeah. I think it's a moving target, but it's exciting. <laughs> well, and I guess I would just add that, you know, the, the thing that also it's not just about finding the right tools and the right technologies. It's also using them in a way that really connects and resonates with people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when we go to share information, if we're using all of the government jargon and all the acronyms that are out there and, uh, you know, all the things that, you know, people find really mysterious about government, uh, you know, it becomes very hard to make sure that people are understanding what you're up to as an agency and everything. So, I mean, one of the stories that one of my colleagues absolutely loves to tell is, you know, we're doing uh, the final Hubble Space Servicing or Hubble Space Telescope servicing mission, and uh, we have astronauts who are having a little bit of trouble with a handle that's up there and everything, and uh, you know, they and so my colleagues logged into social media and were really looking at it all, and what they realized is that you know we kept talking about the progress of the EVA that was happening and everything, and uh, EVA in our terms is an extravehicular activity, and and so you know to everyone else in the entire world it's going to be called a spacewalk, and so. <laughs> It's absolutely fascinating how all of a sudden, you know, watching the conversation happen and watching people take the government content and almost in a way translate it for us uh, and so on years ago was really eye opening to us and realizing that, you know, we had to also adapt what we were how we were talking about what we were doing as an agency in order to uh, make it something that's relatable and uh, really relevant to people uh, so that they can latch onto it and follow along and understand everything that's going on. And what you, what you bring up there, which I think is excellent, is the fact that um, you you listened enough to know you had to switch. You know, you had to switch your jargon, and I think that that's yeah, I think that's huge. And I think that's something that takes a while, and also it, it takes a comfort level that not everyone has um, with their subject matter. But it's one. Well, you know, you you all have brought up kind of two interesting themes, and and you know, one of those is this this need to to constantly evolve and and have some agility to respond to to what to what your uh, your audiences are telling you and, and listening to you, but also uh, keeping up with the changing tools and stuff. And you know, the government isn't necessarily considered to be um, you know on the forefront of innovation in many regards, but it sounds like at least in this space, um, there is some sensitivity to the fact that you 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 kind of constantly have to be asking those questions. Can we be doing this differently? Should we be looking at this in a different way? And and Jason, the point that you make a, a, about kind of pulling some of the government jargon out and using some of the more plain language that, that the public would expect and understands better and helping that connect with the public. Um, have you seen that the, the, the influence uh, coming from uh, lessons that you all are learning in the digital side um, kind of spill over into how your traditional communications um, uh, uh, operate from your, for your agencies and what is the linkage between the, the digital side of the house and, and the more traditional communications elements? Oh, definitely. I mean, it used to be that the media landscape had, you know, some of the greats of broadcasting like Walter Cronkite and everybody, uh, you know, sitting down uh, to, you know, tell everyone the evening news and and they were the translators for what was going on. We were always putting out, you know, press releases and issuing, you know, media advisories and, and keeping the news media up to speed on what was going on uh, with space and, and all of our different programs and activities. And, you know, over time, the media landscapes absolutely fundamentally changed. Um, you know, we have fewer dedicated space reporters. We have fewer dedicated science reporters. And so, you know, lots of times what we're finding is that dedicated coverage to those topics has just dwindled 
dwindled. And so, uh, you know, looking to make sure that people still understand what their tax dollars are going for uh, and what it's paying for and everything is, is still important. And so social media is kind of the latest chapter in, in some of that where we're going directly to the public and we're able to engage with them on a lot of the different, uh, you know, activities that are happening out here uh, with NASA and and many other government agencies out there. And so really being able to share all of that, uh, you know, open the door, you know, kind of, you know, let everyone look in on all the different uh, things that are going on is really, really important. Um, and so it's not just about sharing it, but it's also making sure that, you know, when people do have questions about what's going on, there's someone there to answer it, uh, you know, and making sure that when uh, things aren't going well, that you're telling the story just as well as, you know, at times when things are going great. And so, uh, you know, it's really about, you know, having a very well-rounded approach to storytelling and and to be able to, you know, make uh, the content that you have uh, it, give it its best foot, you know, forward kind of thing uh, where you can talk a lot to uh, the public, but make sure it's things that they are interested in, that they are understanding, but also slip in some of the things that they may not necessarily know that they want to get out of uh, following along on a government uh, social media account. And so, you know, it's it's for us, it's awesome space pictures. And, you know, people absolutely love looking at the universe, the world around them, you know, some of the innovations that are happening, uh, what it's like to live and work in space on the International Space Station and everything. Uh, they love following us for that. But in between all that, we also, you know, talk about some of the other, you know, the technology R&D stuff that, you know, it may not have a really pretty visually compelling photo with it, but it's absolutely crucial because years later, it's going to be spun off and it's going to become part of a household item that impacts everyone here on Earth. Yeah, I mean, I, at U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, our, you know, our duties span incredible, <laughs> incredible things from law enforcement to, um, you know, <laughs> to to wildlife biologists in the field banding birds to firefighters to. So it is it is all about really understanding um, how you tell that, how you tell the work that you're doing, because some of it is pretty. Some of it's more like cleaning your room and then you have the party. Um, and I would say that. Uh, when it comes to wildlife management in the country, I'm blown away by the work that's being done and and by the communication challenge of when is the right time to insert it. And you and the neat thing about social media is it is this constant conversation. So you don't want to just talk at people. Um, there is this opportunity for, you know, a dialogue or to understand what they're looking for. Um, and so one of the things that we've been trying to do with our social um, is just look across the country um, at where wildlife affects people or where, it, you know, where we can actually add value to the conversations. Um, and then but then it does come back to this evergreen content idea where, you know, if people are looking to know more, we, we need to have it in place. And so that's kind of one of the things that um, I think is neat about the changing landscape is making sure that we have our house in order so that people can look and find out the answers they're looking for, but also, um, you know, so that you can go out, out and engage and, and call upon the appropriate stories at the appropriate time. So, um, you know, I think that uh, it's it's a neat place to be, but it's also um, overwhelming. And, and there are great examples of, of people who have taken their content and made it very digestible and understandable. Um, and the more we can do that, I think the more people can access what we have. So... Great. And maybe uh, I think that's an, an interesting topic of conversation that I'd like to get into after our break is, you know, how your teams are working with your your program offices and your subject mm -hmm. matter experts at your agencies uh, to make sure that you get the the information right. But that and then when you're translating it into uh, a form for more public consumption, that you're not missing the mark and, uh, you know, uh, uh, otherwise 
misleading or, or, or misinforming folks. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into that piece of this discussion uh, after our next break and a word from our sponsor. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. If you're a federal law enforcement officer, then you know to do your job, you tap inside sources. To have a voice on policy and legislation, you join FLIOA. And when you want federal law enforcement officer news and up-to-date federal court decisions, you read FedAgent.com. If you aren't reading FedAgent.com, subscribe today. It's free. Don't let this source pass you by. I'm John Adler, president of the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association, and I approve this message. Welcome back. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Uh, today I'm joined by three uh, ex- experts from the, the government in uh, the digital uh, communications, social media realm, uh, from the uh, General Service Administration, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, and NASA. And uh, before the break, we were, we were talking about kind of the, uh, the evolving media landscape and how agencies are... Uh, thinking of new and creative ways to, to get the information about their, their programs, their people, the things that they're working on out in front of the public. And, uh, and I wanted to continue that conversation um, to talk about how, how your offices and your organizations on, on the communication side are, are engaging with your colleagues on the, the program side to make sure that you're getting the, the content right as you um, find ways to, to help make it more accessible to the public. Because I think that's a really interesting element of what's going on here and, and part of a, 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 a long-term opportunity of kind of changing the dynamic of the conversation and engagement between the public and their government. That's something that I actually like to take a swing at first, uh, and, it, and it's something that we see a lot with agencies. And it's, it's, I'm not even going to say it's what's next, because it's already going on. Is that social media, digital engagement, things like that? This isn't. It just doesn't exist just to to tell the story of better public services. It's in the DNA. It makes public services better to have public participation and citizen engagement in it. Um, And that's something that we see. I remember just a few years ago, there was a a Gartner, I believe, report came out and said, you know, within five years, um, collaborative platforms and social platforms would replace the telephone and email as the primary means by which uh, government employees communicate with each other. And I remember people being like, oh, that's, that's nutty and things like that. And, um, but we always kind of quoted that because we wanted to, when people were trepidatious or nervous about um, embracing emerging technology, and like a, a word we keep on hearing um, through all of our comments is that little feeling of overwhelming um, amount of change and, and rapid escalation. Um, But so we kept on saying that, I mean, these aren't choices. This is an inevitability. And what agencies need to do is accept modernization, uh, that it will happen. And once you embrace it, then work to how do we stay ahead of it, whether it's through security, proper policies, and things like that. 
And so we've seen this evolution go on. And now all of a sudden, like let's fast forward to today, where Slack is an increasingly popular tool used by agencies. In fact, in our social gov community, we have, I think, 170 federal managers testing Slack, which is a social collaborative email replacement. Uh, and so that's happening even faster right now than the Gartner report talked about. Um, and so like one of the th- ways that, so what we see, or another way of putting this, is the things and the processes and the ideas um, that were developed and were truly explored in the social media community on how to build more engaging public services and how to, you know, embrace these emerging technologies in order through, you know, better accessibility and performance analysis to reach citizens. Um, it's it's not just working with program managers to make sure that we're translating their information correctly. Their information and their programs are being built better by the digital engagement itself. Um, and we see that one thing, if, if people haven't checked out, is the U.S. National Action Plan for Open Government. Uh, the White House just released the third version of it recently, and there's entire sections on public participation, open data, and stuff. And just a few years ago, people might not have imagined that social media can do things like help with the e-regulation process to make sure that public comments are worked into, or um, when we look at feedbackusa.gov or some of the programs that we have that is built to not just engage with citizens in order to broadcast them information, but to take in their ideas, take in their feedback, and to build stronger programs because of it. Um, And so, like I said, I just didn't want to have it be thought of as social media as a broadcast tool. Uh, But what we're seeing now, and we're only going to see more in the future, is that when we're working with program managers, it's not just to translate their content, it's to make their programs stronger themselves. No, I think that's a that's a really great point, and uh, and and as as you say, it's something that it sounds like will uh, will accelerate over time. And, and kind of on that point, I'm uh, interested to to hear whether you all see if there's a kind of generational dynamic to this. Uh, as as um, as you mentioned, there's there's some populations that are digital natives that that you know expect to get their their kind of information from um you know online sources but then there's 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 other populations that that are going to be using more traditional means um or who are used to those more traditional means and how do you uh find that balance to make sure that you're not leaving uh, either side uh um you know uncovered by by the work you're doing can uh must be somewhat of a of a challenge to to figure out a way to 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 encapsulate everyone and make sure you're covering your bases. I don't think it's completely generational. I mean, I just had um, an 18 year old uh, intern who said, "Well, I I don't boss. I don't even uh, I don't even go to government websites. If I need government information, I just Google it, you know, and I just sit back and blink at him. <laughs> and I'm like, you're supposed to be the young one who understands this uh, more than anybody. So it's it's definitely not a it's not an age thing. Uh, but it is giving people the knowledge and to know what they can and can't expect. It's all about setting uh, the correct, um, what is it, uh, public uh, expectations and setting expectations and maintaining that trust. I mean, I know that if I go onto a NASA site, I'm going to get 
pretty much the most exciting, interesting, intriguing. You don't even have to be a science buff to appreciate what's coming out of there. Um, Fish and wildlife. I mean, it's you kind of have that knowledge, but then there's some other programs you see in government where it, it's harder to understand or to, to extract from that what is the, the true purpose and, or, and what's the meaningful use. Like they say in health information technology, what's the meaningful use of this? Um, and for many agencies, that becomes a problem, or not a problem, but a challenge, because here they're told, well, you've got to be on social media. But then for what? I mean, is it just to get on Twitter and get on Facebook and check two boxes, and there you've done your job as social media for the day? The answer to that is no. You must take it the extra level and have that, you know, true performance analysis around it and discover what is the objective that you hope to get from it and then build your strategy back from that um, in order to make it and not just be part of white noise that comes out of the Internet. You don't want to be part of that sadness in the world of unnecessary content out there. Well, and I guess I would just add, you know, it's it's also about audience and and finding finding your key constituents and stakeholders out there. And so, you know, for us, you know, at NASA, you know, it's it's multifaceted. We're we have a huge integrated communications model that really is looking to to communicate to a variety of audiences in mediums that they are looking to us to communicate them with. So, you know, rather they're coming and getting information through uh, one of our websites or they're coming through one of our social media channels or they're calling us or they're sending us paper mail or whatever. Uh, you know, it's it's a variety of different mediums that are out there. And we're really looking to make sure that, you know, we are um, that we're answering, you know, the mail when it comes in. Rather, it comes in through a web a web page or it comes in through a social media channel or paper mail. Uh, you know, something like that. And so uh, it's always interesting to kind of look at, you know, who's trying to reach out to you? What are they trying to, you know, get from your uh, program or your agency? And, uh, you know, that's one of the questions that when someone comes to us and says, I want to open up a new account, we always ask, you know, not just what do you hope to accomplish with it, but who are you trying to connect with? What audience do you have out there? And uh, I think that that's an absolutely uh, critical piece of this is not just the goals that you're trying to accomplish with it, but also um, the connection you're trying to make with different people. And I think I think to add to that, it's also what makes you meaningfully unique, you know, kind of going back to um, what was earlier said, I think um, I think when it comes down to communication, it's it's very much like an ecosystem. It's good that it's diverse in diverse ways and, and it's amazing and it's richer when that happens. Um, and so social media has entered in as this thing that everybody has to do. And there are people checking the boxes. But the but the fact is um, we have we have this opportunity to really actually like what Justin was saying, change the way our programs are, function almost. And, and so kind of going back to what you were just talking about, um, about how you kind of use it to, you look across the different channels and how people are engaging with you and you, and you serve the audience. We have an opportunity to really do that um, and, and enrich our programs and that goes back to what we were talking about, which is how do we work with programs? And um, when when it comes to social media, one of the things that I've always kind of seen myself at is no matter where I'm at is an internal consultant. So taking the programs, they have their own you know goals, functions, um, and that might that may differ program to program, it may differ region to region. But really looking at what they're what they're trying to achieve and and what the community that they're talking to is trying to achieve, and find that common ground and use social media almost as a way to test the waters, to ask for feedback, to, you know, do, do things that are um, appropriate for government, but also, I think, unique in some ways where you're actually um, 
serving as an internal kind of help to get guide people to use social media correctly and not just, hey, here's a blanket statement that we've tweeted once every few weeks and, you know, that's it. And um, really the listening aspect on social is one of the most powerful, in my opinion, um, just knowing what people are talking about and what they want from you um, gives you actionable data that you can take forward and, and use. <laughs> Well, and, and and branching off of that, you know, at NASA, you know, lots of times we've seen project managers, you know, start from the point of, well, I want to get on social media because my boss told me I wanted to get on social media. And, um, you know, what's really interesting is that, you know, that was that was the model, the, the, the reason behind a lot of it years ago. And so, you know, now we are looking at, OK, we're on social media. Who are we talking to? And, and um, you know, is there a lot of overlap between a bunch of different accounts? Can we consolidate some of that down, uh, and, you know, and focus that audience in one place so that way they can not only get one sliver of the story, but they can get the whole pie of the story. And, uh, you know, and we can tell a more cohesive, um, you know, part of it. So, you know, uh, for example, our, our Sun Earth account uh, that we have here uh, is a consolidation of actually a couple of different missions that all work together now in order to tell stories and break down some of the the stovepipes that existed before between, you know, different um, satellites that were studying different aspects of the sun. And so now they can tell the whole story of how the sun uh, is behaving today, but also how that impacts us here on Earth in a different way. And so, um, you know, they're able to, to look at the different aspects of it um, that each of their spacecraft contribute to that, that overall picture they're trying to put together. And they were already doing that on the science side. But, you know, when it came to telling that story to the public about what's going on in the science world, you know, it was always a very kind of stovepiped approach until they began to look at that consolidation. And so we're looking more and more at that uh, to try to figure out how can we better tell stories that are interrelated um, in a way that makes sense for the public. And so, uh, you know, social media has definitely opened people's eyes to breaking down some of those those processes that are out there um, and putting it all together. And so um, another great example that we've got is our journey to Mars in that we've got a variety of missions from robotic precursors to programs that are in development right now, um, you know, where we're beginning to build hardware for rockets and capsules and everything that are going to eventually be taking humans to Mars, um, you know, and so that whole story was it was not uh, pieced together and told very well prior to a lot of the social media elements coming online and um, making a concerted effort to begin to talk about how the science that we're gathering on roving around the red planet today from you know things like the Curiosity rover how that helps inform us about uh, what is going to be happening when we eventually send humans to Mars and everything and so um, some of those pieces were definitely taking place but they were not necessarily taking place in the way that we were talking about these missions and how they all link together and and really unfold like that. So, you know, it, it is definitely social media is an element that has definitely changed the way that at least we're connecting the dots on a lot of this different work that we're doing. Yeah. And I already want to hang up the phone and go to NASA's website. I mean, that just sounds awesome. <laughs> well, and I think also what we haven't talked about, but will what is helping also is the internal communication within government, because we are large, we are, you know, I know that NASA has a lot of accounts. We have a lot of accounts. And I've just seen how social media has also improved our internal communications. And, and I've met people from, you know, met in quotes, um, people from the field that I would otherwise not get a chance to talk to because of social and because of um, what that connection does. So I think it's it's interesting to see like the different aspects of that. But 
One example that we uh, have um, that a lot of people don't in, publicly don't don't know about because the program worked, which is kind of odd that way in public services. Um, something that we face is that when something actually works. It becomes less interesting to folks, um, but there was a t- and it relates to cybersecurity, which is so important right now. Um, is there was a time, and you know, less than a year ago, when what was more common at the time was cyber vandalism breaches, um, and we saw this where, like, let's say um, ISIS was able to gain control of government accounts, um, graffiti, the you know, the Twitter or the Facebook page with different propaganda for their organization and put out posts that are meant to, A, um, probably embarrass public services, or B, um, even worse than that, is to make people not trust their, the digital engagements as much. Um, and as you can imagine, especially when it comes to that trust level and security, this is something that we needed to address as an interagency community. Um, and we were able to do so through using social media. Um, so this topic wasn't just us talking about it, but actually using the tools itself um, and so from the last major incident that there was, uh, the next day, um, by then we were able to get people to audit their programs, um, check, kick the tires of cybersecurity. The next day, uh, we had a training program already in place for 300 federal managers. And five days later, we released a new toolkit called the Cyber Vandalism uh, Toolkit, which is available on digitalgov.gov, um, that brought together, I believe it was 15 agencies, quickly was able to use collaborative platforms and tools um, and also working with Facebook and Google and uh, Hootsuite uh, to put together a way to uh, recover from, respond to, um, and prevent cyber vandalism attacks from happening. Uh, Since we released that resource, there has not been, I'm knocking on wood right now, but since then there has not been a major incident. Um, It has done a very good job uh, addressing that, and that's because government was able to use social media and digital engagement tools to very quickly put the best minds that we have at our disposal um, and work with the private sector in order to to get everything together and produce a functioning, working resource uh, that has since done its job very well. And just recently, too, um, the Small Business Administration took that toolkit, um, which is available in public online, and repurposed it specifically for U.S. small businesses. And so if you go to the Small Business Administration website, they're now offering um, this cyber vandalism resource that we built, you know, using collaborative tools in government, and it's now offering that to the private sector. Um, and so it's just interesting in these ways that we can see that, like uh, Danielle was saying, is that using these tools, it's not just to tell a story, it makes government better. It makes it faster, it makes it more effective, it makes it more efficient. And if something is going wrong, because there's feedback mechanisms in it, we sure to heck know from the get-go that something is wrong so we can change course and make it work. My my goal is for you to gush about U.S. Fish and Wildlife Services site next time. <laughs> um, give me a give me some time, but uh, I I think that that's come on. I'm a New Hampshire boy. <laughs> I'm in New Hampshire right now. People love fish and wildlife here. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> no, I mean I I think that that's so true, and um, it's it's so funny that you mentioned that when things work, we don't talk about it. But it's really good that you bring that up because I think that that's also I mean it's just like anything. If, if it's doing a good job, we need to, to do more of it. And you guys do that over there. 
And the, the, the challenge, and, and this often comes up in our interagency community, is what's the difference between promoting our programs and making sure that the American people know that they have access to them? And, of course, the far side of it is that not all agencies even have, let's say, marketing budgets, or um, there's specific provisions like anti-propaganda, things like that. And so that's where government agencies really have to go that extra yard uh, to be able to analyze what's the role they're supposed to be playing. Um, and we all play different roles in the game, but um, that's, once again, it's something that's an extra burden, um, and it's an extra responsibility of people in public service. And we, in social media, we definitely feel that responsibility. Well, and it's interesting you bring that up, because if we do social media right, we're giving the microphone to so many others. So it's figuring out the sweet spot of um, investing in marketing or investing in communications and, and marketing and then but also making sure we empower those people who can talk about our programs and who use them with the right stuff I guess well yeah and I mean I think that for a lot of government agencies I know it's definitely true in NASA's case you know we don't spend a single dime of taxpayer money on promoting posts or sponsoring things on social media like a lot of private sector entities do uh, with the, their big social media pushes and everything so that makes us work all the harder to be creative to make sure that we are framing content and writing out our messages in a way that really makes people want to click that you know retweet button or share it onto you know their own Facebook feeds and everything uh, so that way their friends and followers and everybody can see it. And so, um, you know, that's kind of the ultimate, you know, uh, validation that what we're doing is working because uh, when people love the content so much that they want to take it and share it, uh, you know, out to their fans and followers and their friends and everything on their social media sites, um, you know, it, it really speaks volumes about what we're putting out, you know, and, and how it impacts people that they love it that much. Absolutely. No, we, we just covered a lot of great ground there. And, and you know, I think y'all are right that um, it's amazing that, that we are able to do so much and do so much right and that unfortunately some of those those great stories aren't the, those that get out uh, into the public. But, uh, but, it, but it, uh, it sounds like uh, in many regards that is uh, kind of changing as, as agencies uh, uh, reconsider their, their, their whole broader holistic approach to, to communications, including this element uh, on the digital side and how it can uh, – inform uh, the, the programs and, and their construction and, and, and their vision and execution writ large. Um, I think we'd like to uh, unpack a little bit about uh, on that piece and uh, uh, kind of wrap up with some, some concluding thoughts and, and best practices and, and uh, links for where people can go for more information after our last break and a word from our sponsor. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 a.m. Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. We're entering the last segment of our show, and we're talking about um, digital communications and, and agency use of multi-channel uh, communications and, and, and how that's changing uh, 
not only how the government communicates with the public, but but it sounds like uh, even internally helping break down uh, silos, having folks reconsider uh, uh, some of the ways that their their programs might work uh, based on s- stakeholder and other uh, kinds of feedback. And, and I think that that's a really uh, interesting dynamic of, of, of what's going on here and, and how the these tools and types of engagement are are uh, not only affecting the the public face of government, but uh, but how government works internally. And I'm I'm wondering if you all could unpack that issue a little bit more for us, because I think that's a, a really interesting dynamic here. And and you know whether there are any you know kind of best practices or, or other ideas on on how that works uh, in terms of engaging your colleagues and other parts of your organizations on that front. Well, I know that at NASA, we've been really, really lucky. Um, you know, since the first day that we were founded in 1958, you know, we've had a mandate to provide for the widest possible dissemination of information from everything that's happening at NASA. And so um, it's kind of been, you know, part of our culture, you know, right from the get go. And so uh, we have really amazing, passionate employees who really want to absolutely share what they're working on. And rather it's, you know, someone they bump into in an elevator or the grocery store or something, or, you know, it is an audience that they're going and speaking to of hundreds, if not thousands of people and so on, or, you know, uh, going and doing interviews or, you know, talking about their research to the news media and having that broadcast or printed, you know, uh, all over the globe and everything. And so it's absolutely profound when employees, you know, absolutely are, are wanting to tell their story and everything. And so the thing that's really changed is the the digital elements of it all. Um, and that's the latest chapter in, in our story and so on. Um, I know that a lot of other agencies uh, have different cultures when it comes to that and so on. So I know at NASA, we've been extremely fortunate to have that sort of culture since day one. Um, at U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, internally speaking, um, you know, it's interesting because we have eight regional coordinators tasked with social media, and then we have a number of um, programs who have a point person for social. And it's they're such passionate and inspiring people. And I would say that um, one of the things that's interesting to me is how much they've integrated themselves into the work that's done in their regions um, so that they can provide context and help with people who are learning. You know, I don't know. Who knows this, but the the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service manages, you know, 563 national wildlife refuges across the country. So we not only have, um, you know, the Endangered Species Act and a, a number of laws to enforce, but we also have a number of places to manage. And social media is a huge part of that. And it's not just Twitter and Facebook. Sometimes it's things like TripAdvisor or others. And so um, we have to have good communications internally. And, uh, you know, if we're going to have all these presences across the, the nation, and, uh, and that's something that social can help with and, and has enhanced um, and it continues to, to strengthen. I kind of see us all as um, bees and we need we need a hive and social can kind of provide that in a lot of ways um, so that we can go out and pollinate and talk to people and build relationships and, and serve um, the public, but we can also come back and, and kind of uh, house ourselves and make sure that we're all, you know, at least um, learning from one another. And that's, I think that that's what's really cool about, um, about this, this group in general is like the the breadth of our work is so large um, that it does take all of us talking to each other and learning from one another to really continue to grow and enhance. 
Indeed. And I mean, the platforms, the social media tools that we're using and everything are changing every day. And so, you know, it's always a very dynamic role and the way that people are using them to either get information from us or seek out services or ask questions and really, you know, interact with their government and so on is also changing. And so it really behooves us to really stay, you know, on top of what's what's happening and how people are communicating and out there. So that way we can best meet that expectation. And we got to just to kind of like wrap up my my approach on it is uh, rather than give the, the narrative per se, I want to um, perhaps focus on something that we're shipping out soon. Um, because with GSA technology, it's all about building and shipping solutions out to, out to agencies. And so uh, this example is, so a while ago, we had what was called the, the Federal Social Media Registry, uh, which was aiming to be a repository where people could go and put in their official use government social media accounts. Um, and it, it worked well for, for what it was at the time. Um, but of course, it's like agencies like you know, NASA have extreme cases in which um, we really needed to take feedback on how could we take this to the next level. And it's not just, can we have a repository uh, that encapsulates all federal social media, but what can we do with that repository? Because um, if it's throwing off data, what's the meaningful use of that data that we could pull off of it? So after a year of collecting feedback, uh, going through some iterations, um, we're about to, you know, soft launch um, the new registry, which will have an API coming off that's customizable. Um, so once you have like 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 official use government social media accounts, that's something that, you know, both, you know, Facebook, Twitter, and Google will be able to use to verify what's official accounts. But imagine being able to go in and creating feeds that were specifically around you know, citizen well-elect. I want to know all the social media posts coming out of anywhere from government about STEM in the Spanish language, on these specific platforms. And it allows it where, even though so there's so much information coming out of social media from the government, that it's a completely citizen-centric experience, because not only can then they select, or like, for instance, location-based, if there's an emergency going on. I would like state, local, federal, perhaps Red Cross information as applicable to that particular location, sent to my watch or sent to the dashboard of my self-driving car, uh, things like that. This is not something that is the far-off future. This is the immediate. This is early 2016. And so what we're looking for in those next steps in social media and government is really getting people on board and, and having that vision of what's next and being invested in it and sharing your ideas through feedback. Um, because just a few years ago with our older registry, we couldn't, even though we had the ideas that we wanted to get there, we needed to really spend the time taking in feedback, listening to people's ideas to build it to what it could be. Um, and that being said, so social media isn't just there to tell the story of government. We're about to revolutionize citizen services and make them better using digital engagement. And we hope people recognize that potential and become stakeholders in it. Well, well, I sure do, too. And I think that that's a great uh, send off for us here. Uh, Justin Herman uh, from, from the General Service Administration, uh, Jason Townsend with uh, NASA and Danielle Brigida from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thank you so much for, for joining us today to, to have this in interesting conversation. Uh, look forward to seeing what, what comes out of your community in 2016 and beyond. And uh, that's all the time we have for Fed Talk. Uh, brought to you by the Federal Employment Law Firm of Shaw, Bransford & Roth. Have a great weekend. 
WFED Washington, WWWT FM HD2 Manassas, WTLP FM HD2 Braddock Heights Frederick, the Washington, D.C. home of Navy Athletics.